Balling so hard, I deserve an end one. Hey, it's Rob Cressy. And before I get to this episode, I just want to jam real quick about what's going on in the world. A lot of the talk right now is about the coronavirus and the impact that it's having on the world and each of us. While I recognize this, I also know that the goal with this podcast is to inspire, educate, and entertain. I don't need to fill you with more of the same that the rest of the world is putting out. In actuality, I want to be a breath of fresh air for you, a source of positivity and fun. Because of this, I'm going to give you an awesome podcast that talks about NBA All-Star Weekend in Chicago and some cool stuff that went down. It's got both the marketing and relationship building spin to it, so there's a ton of value. As always, I'd love to hear from you about the episode, so make sure to hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy and let me know what you think. I give love to those who show me love. One more thing, I've got a hookup for you. One of my clients is Papa Shot. You know them, the originators of arcade basketball, the game that pretty much is like real life NBA jam. I've got one at home, and not only do I love it, but Mrs. Bacon loves it. It's fun for everyone who comes over, and I can't recommend it enough. So here's the scoop. They hooked me up with a promo code, ROB, that gets you 10% off your order. Go to papashot.net, promo code ROB. I've got the home dual shot, and by the way, I'm able to fit it in my place in Chicago, so it's space efficient. It's even better with the amount of time I'm spending at home. So go to papashot.net, promo code Rob, and get 10% off. What's up? It's Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me on today's show is Leo Chan, fashion influencer at Levitate Style. Leo, great to have you on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So... We have not met before. We have not spoken before. And I actually didn't even let you know how in the world we got to this place now. But I wanted to share that on Wax because I think it's a fun story about my relationship building mindset. And this all starts at NBA All-Star Weekend. So I am one of the founding members of the Hoxton's co-working space called Working From. And I also live down the street from there in Chicago. Being a big sports fan, marketer, entrepreneur, I'm like, holy smokes, Batman, all-star weekend in Chicago. It's going to be popping off. So where do I want to be to meet people? Because I know tons of people are going to be coming into Chicago. And I'm like, well, crap, man. I'm a founding member of the Hoxton. I know the Hoxton's bumping regularly during the year in Chicago. Nonetheless, yeah. All-Star Weekend down the street <laughs> from the United Center. So I'm like, for four days straight, I'm going to be plopping my butt in the lobby of the <laughs> Hoxton. I'm going to see every single person that walks through that door. And I'm going to try and make some connections with people. And it just so happens... I saw you, and you're very recognizable, in a good way, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, your style and profile, and you had uh, some kicks on fire on. I was like, man, don't know who that guy is, but whatever. You're one of a number of people that I see. So you just stuck out to me there. So I go out throughout my day, and uh, among other things, marketing is a big part of what I do, marketing and fan mm-hmm. engagement. And right down the street was the Mountain Dew activation. Right, and that's I was right. like, you know what? I'm going to stop by that uh, to sort of mix up my day, see who's there. And I was one of the first people to go through that when it opened. 
And as I always do, uh, I like to create a lot of content. So I'm snapping photos and videos and I create uh, just an IG montage of the things that I experienced there. I hashtagged it and I looked and I was probably the first person who had actually posted anything there. And I oh, looked all right. yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden that guy who was styling or profiling <laughs> that I noticed liked that post. I was like, wait a second. Is that that guy that I saw a little <laughs> bit earlier? So I check out your profile and I'm like, all right, this guy's cool. And I see that uh, you're doing a lot of stuff for Kobe. So I follow mm -hmm. you and then I followed your journey. And I see that every single day you're doing a different tribute to Kobe. And I see your shoe game and it's just on point. <laughs> and I see that you love sports and basketball and fashion and travel. And I was like, you know what? I got to talk to this cat. So here we are right now. I followed you. I actually hit you up on LinkedIn. Right, he said, right. hey, man, drop me an email. We can chat. And literally one week later, here we are. So that's, that's just how crazy how the social media world is nowadays. You know, like things just move so fast. Um, but yeah, that's that's funny. Like, yeah, I was actually just wondering, too, like how you found me because I'm not really on LinkedIn that often nowadays. You know, it's mostly just Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. Um, and so... That was kind of funny. I was just like randomly checking and then boom, like you just messaged me. So this, this all kind of worked out. Right. So here's sort of a little nugget. And I like to give lots of nuggets during the okay. podcast <laughs> is I'm a big believer in multi-channel touch points. So I followed mm -hmm. you on Instagram and then I'm like, all right, not everybody's on LinkedIn, but you're not as likely to get as barraged on LinkedIn as you will on other platforms. So that's when I slid in there because what impressed me was as I was following your all-star weekend journey, seeing the different activations and things that you were doing, I was like, mm -hmm. all right, this guy's on his game on the marketing <laughs> and brand level as well. So right, right. Uh, there's a lot of things that I want to unpack with you around all of this because you're someone who uh, is interesting, but you're also great at what you do. And I'm curious, talk to me a little bit about the brand activation. So I saw the stuff you were doing with Mountain Dew and you're bopping around mm -hmm. different places. How did that right. sort of evolve for you? Yeah, well, thank you. First of all, I appreciate, um, just appreciate the love for my content. Uh, let's see. So the Mountain Dew activation actually kind of came last minute. Um, so a little backstory. So obviously my main thing is with men's fashion and travel and the PR director of Mountain Dew, I actually met this lady. She's Genevieve, amazing woman. She's been at Mountain Dew for about like two years now. And before this, she used to work in fashion. So I knew her actually from like the men's fashion world. And I've known her for like five years. But since then, she's kind of changed career and she's gone into Mountain Dew. But, you know, we kept in contact. I, we're, we follow each other on Instagram. So I saw in her story that her team just did something for the Super Bowl. And then literally the next day, she posted that, you know, they're doing something with the Mountain Dew three-point contest. And I, like, freaked out because I've been a big NBA fan since I was, like, 10 years old growing up in Queens in New York City. So just like, okay, like, okay, like, I, I got to make this happen somehow. So this was actually my first ever NBA All-Star weekend. Um, but I've just been such a big fan of, the sport of the league and of like their style. And so like going into the weekend, I already kind of like, all right, it's NBA all-star weekend, but 
it's more like fashion week, like for real. Like, you know, that that's what NBA has become. It's so much fashion and style incorporated. It's no longer just the sport. It's become such a bigger lifestyle brand. Um, so I, I reached out and I just said, like, is there any way I can be on this trip? Are you guys doing any influencers activation? And she was just like, all right, let's chat. And so for me, then I'm like pulling up all my old NBA content. Like I've, I have like a little like bucket list that I try to go to all 30 NBA arenas. And so far I've hit like half. So that's like another list I'm like trying to conquer. Um, but you know, just showing her content of like all the NBA style I've posted, my fashion content, my NBA content, just show like that this is actually on brand. I'm not just going cause you know, I just want to go. And so then like literally like a day later, her team reached out and we booked the flights and then, a week later, I am at the NBA All-Star Weekend, um, and that was just incredible because it turned out to be the best weekend of my life. That is amazing, and it looked amazing, just the people that you're meeting, the things that you were doing, and I believe the number one winner of All-Star Weekend for me was basketball culture. So I had also mm-hmm. never been to an NBA All-Star Weekend, even though I'm a gigantic sports fan, love all things basketball, all things sports. And I didn't know what to expect, even though I knew sort of what to expect, but everybody was suited and booted. I mean, you don't know who it is. It's like, is that $5,000 outfit or did they just wake up? And it's like, you're seeing these off-whites and the Jordans and like the best stuff you've ever seen. And I could feel the culture in the ooze and it made me feel so good to be part of it and being around those other like-minded people because that's what separates the NBA from all of the different leagues Mm. is because it's a culture to it. I think about the podcast that I listen to, the way that it influences our style. Like if you think about the NFL, uh, it's very much jerseys or hats or the style isn't as on point as with the NBA, man. There's like subcultures. There's jersey heads. There's sneaker heads. There's hat game. There's Mitchell and Ness. There's there's just so much there. And I loved that because I immediately want to go to all the all-star weekends now. Yeah, for sure. And But I think Chicago was just such a special, special city. I mean, you, I mean, like number one, Chicago is a great city. And the fact that like it has the city structure to be able to do all those things is accessible. It's, you know, it's everything is within like 10, 15 minute Uber ride, things like that. Um, and then like, obviously like, Michael Jordan, the Jordan brand. And then you have guys like Virgil and you have guys like Don C. Like they all like, it's just been amazing. Like the past five, 10 years, especially with like style as well. Like what all these amazing things coming out of Chicago. And so to have this weekend to celebrate with basketball, like it just made it such a big like crossover with culture. Um, That was like one of the biggest sneaker drops like that whole weekend. Like there was so much happening. Uh, there was a Donacy Air Force One, the off-white Nike fives came out. Uh, what else? Like Jerry Lorenzo was there doing some, uh, fear of God stuff. And then you had Kanye doing the truck with the sneakers stunt. Like there was so much happening every day. It was crazy. It was in one of my favorite things that I got to experience is I went to the knuckleheads podcast, Quentin Richardson and Darius miles. Oh, cool. They were doing something with Conan O'Brien's team. And one of my clients is Papa shot the original arcade basketball game. And they had two Papa shots hooked up there. And I stopped by and saw it. And 
it literally made my heart just scream in joy because here's two guys that were amazing young NBA ballers who lived it up, who I knew of. They brought on a local Chicago comedian and they just chopped it up about NBA life, Chicago life. And the stories they were telling were the stories that you would love to hear if Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles were talking to you in a conversation. And the, the room was sold out. So that's what really blew my wow. mind in terms of, all right, why are more athletes not following this similar model when you already have a certain level of influence and people do want to hear more about you? Allow them to extend that brand heartbeat bring on stories. And then at the end, they're like, and by the way, we give a bottle of Hennessy to every single one of our guests, because guess what? <laughs> uh -huh. Hennessy is the sponsor of the podcast. And it's the most naturally uh -huh. integrated thing. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Like that's, that's honestly, cause even they did a podcast with Kobe. Um, and that was one of the best ones from recent times too. And yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy because, it's not just them also, but also I think like what HBO is doing one with, um, I think Steven Jackson, uh, like, and then they, yeah, they, they just did another one with like KG. Yep. I think that was also in Chicago, but yeah, there's just all these stories. I think now they have this platform where they can really talk about their story, their experience without being judged. You know, like if, if all this stuff was happening, like a current player cannot talk about this kind of stuff because ESPN would be on them. Like Twitter would be like on fire about little, every little thing they say right now, if they were playing right now. But afterwards they can tell these stories in such a nice way. And we can finally hear some real like detail. Um, like that's, that's, that's been really cool with these podcasts. I agree. And I think it's a, it's a delicate line because you think of the Charles Barkley's of the world, the athletes or celebrities who can go with no filter because that's their brand, but it's the ones who don't have that brand that get into trouble and one slip up just absolutely <laughs> explodes when your brand can just be candid. And I think of someone like Draymond Green. He barks mm, a lot, but he's yeah. someone you would love to get the inside of Draymond Green. I would love to know his success mindset, his hustle, his routines, but also... How is he champagning and campaigning and doing these things? And I get there's an element where he can't be like, we're out until three in the morning with X, Y, and Z during the right. season because it's just not as <laughs> on brand for what they're looking to accomplish. Yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, but yeah, let's, let, let's go back to the NBA all-star weekend. I'm trying to remember like what else we did. It was just, it was so much happening that whole weekend. Um, yeah. I think like, me, I'm based in New York City, so I know a lot of uh, marketing and PR companies. So me going into Chicago for NBA All-Star Weekend, I had no idea what was going to happen. And I don't know where, like, um, this one girl from this PR company that I knew in New York City, they were the one hosting the Mitchell and Ness events. So next thing you know, they're inviting me to everything for that. Um, they were doing, like, VIP gifting, and then they had, like, a brunch and all kinds of events. So... It's, it, it, was, it was really cool because it was kind of like the New York City world just brought it over to Chicago and everyone is setting up their own little shop and pop-up. And so that's how I got to go to Mitchell Ness. And then one of my previous brand partners was Tiso, the, the watch brand. And so I was actually one of the first influencers working with them four years ago, three, four years ago when they were kind of just starting the brand partnerships with the NBA. And so I did an activation with them, with GQ and Macy's and D'Angelo Russell back when he was with the Brooklyn Nets. And so that was kind of like 
the first partnerships I've done with Tiso and it went really well from there. And of course, like I kept in touch with the brand. And so when I saw they were having something at the, I think like the Navy pier, they had another MBA uh, center activation. So it was just like really like just going out there and supporting them to see what they're doing. Um, and then building on that relationship and hopefully working more in the future. So that was, that was what Tiso. Um, yeah, there were other things. I think like Corop CA, they were having some like party as well. And I literally just did a project with them in November for their um, public school collaboration, um, kind of giving back. So all kinds of different brands I've worked with in the past. I had no idea like they were also doing stuff there. So I kind of all worked out with that timing. So on your Instagram, uh, which by the way is at, at Levitate Style, is that correct? Yeah, that is. Yep. You, you can follow him at Levitate Style. It says former financial analyst. So what I'm curious about is the transition from former financial analyst to being an influencer working on TSO and some of these other things because for me, my journey on the entrepreneurial side with Bacon Sports started seven years ago. My background was in digital ad sales, which I did for seven years, but I didn't wake up every day looking forward to slinging banner ads and text links, and I <laughs> dreamed of working in sports and being creative. So I went from making several six figures to $0 overnight to make my dreams happen. And so often people say, Rob, how do I dot, 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 whether it's take the leap or become a creator or become an influencer or do these various things. So I'm curious to hear from you, what sort of, what did your evolution look like from financial analyst to what you're doing on the travel and fashion and influencer side of things? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll take a step back from that as well too. So first of all, I'm an immigrant. Uh, I was born and raised in Hong Kong and I moved to New York City when I was 10. So now I've been in America for 20 years now. And growing up, I was the first in my family to go to college. And so as an immigrant kid, first to go to college, like I felt the pressure to study something, to do something that I can obviously get a good paying job. Like that's, that's the whole point, right? Like that's the whole point why we moved here. And so for me, I ended up studying accounting and business just because, you know, that was more of a sure thing when I got out, you know, that was, more, that was more of a sure thing when I get out of college, I can most likely get a job. And so there's obviously more potential with that. So that's what I did, even though I honestly hated it. Uh, I was not good at accounting, but I passed, I got my degree. And so I started working at Morgan Stanley and Barclays. So I, I've been work, I've been with those so I started working at Morgan Stanley and Barclays. I was with them for about like five years doing that. Um, but more specifically, I was more on like the investigations and like fraud compliance side of things. So kind of looking into specifically anti-money laundering. So a lot of that with like compliance and research on clients and transactions and things like that. So that, that's, that's what I was doing. Um, but growing up in New York City, I've always loved fashion. So for me, like fashion has always been my way of like fitting in the culture and obviously growing up loving basketball, I got very much into sneakers. So since I was like in high school, I was like a sneakerhead. So I, had, I love sneakers. I love the fashion. And then for me, I also really like picked up photography as like a side hustle, as like a hobby, you know, like 10 years ago, photography was for a lot of people was an expensive hobby. It wasn't really like, it wasn't really a way to make a job a career out of it just because it's like really hard. Um, 
but I've always just kept it up just because like that's my passion. That's my hobby. Um, so when I was working at Morgan Stanley Barclays, I started Levitate Style, the blog with my girlfriend, Alicia. And at the time, it was just like a side hustle, like a creative outlet where, you know, I was getting bored at work, but I love all these things. And we were traveling and we we're taking photos everywhere. And this is also, this was like five and a half years ago. This is also the time when blogs were becoming really a thing. And Instagram was really like starting to pick up. And my girlfriend, she followed a lot of the female fashion bloggers. And she was just like, okay, like, look look at these outfits of the day, like these photos they're posting. Like, you're kind of doing this just for fun. So I was like, okay, like, let, let me look into this. Because um, I knew how to take photos already. So it wasn't like a hard transition. And I looked and there was only like a handful of male bloggers at the time. So I was like, okay, like, there's only like 10 to 15 guys doing this in the country. So I was okay. Like, so there's, there still might be room for me to get in there and grow. Um, but a huge part of why I do this and a big purpose, another reason why I want to do this was to represent the Asian community. So I think a lot of people notice now, like when you look at the fashion world, when you look at Hollywood, when you look at the TVs and the media world, like you rarely see Asian guys specifically. And once in a while, when you do, is usually in a more negative, you know, stereotype way. And so to break that barrier, I, I figure, okay, like, this is what I can offer. Like, this is my channel. This is my platform. I can take control of this blog and this Instagram and post photos of me to represent in this positive way. And, you know, like, the, the end goal would be, you know, if someone's Google image searching fashion or menswear or suits, my photo pop up or guys are looking for photos on Pinterest and like my photo pop up and now I can represent them and they feel familiar with someone like my image. Like that was already like a big goal. And so with all those reasons, uh, that's how we kind of started Levitate Style. I love that because you said something which I believe needs to happen a lot more in life and in the marketing world and it's relatability. When I look at brands out there, so much of what they do is buy what I'm selling, buy what I'm selling, and they just try mm -hmm. and jam it down your throat. But we think about the way that you storytell, and we can feel your brand heartbeat a lot more. We can see what you're doing, and I can follow your stories, and I can get you, and I understand your brand. And it's interesting that a brand like yours, which is run by a smaller team, can have so much more of an impact than a brand run by a larger team who doesn't have that heartbeat, who doesn't have people in there that you can relate to or talk to, or like when you were doing your Kobe tribute. I don't see random brands out there being like, listen, I know we sell, insert water, watches, shoes, hats, mm -hmm. insert whatever, but you're like, listen, Kobe unfortunately passed. Let's do a tribute for him because we know that it represents part of our audience and part of the culture. Right, right. Yeah. And like, I think over the years, Instagram has become obviously like so much of like high quality. You need to be perfect all the time. But I think like with something so important like that, that obviously not just affect me, but so many people can relate to Kobe's stuff. Um, I just thought like, you if you have this platform, you got to use it for something more than just a cool photo. And so like that was like very specifically in mind because like 
you know, I, I was thinking like, what can I do? Like, how can I pay tribute to him? Like, I don't sing, I don't draw, I'm not an artist, I can't paint a mural. Like, I really didn't know. And so like, for me, I was just like, okay, well, my thing is style. And like, I've had all these Kobe things I've collected over the years. Um, you know, and like in, in that way too, it's like to show that I'm a true Kobe fan. Like I didn't just go on eBay and bought all this stuff, you know, paying all the crazy resale price. Like I had all the stuff ready and to pay a tribute to, to look back on these like important moments in his life, you know? And so like, I think now Instagram with the likes maybe taking away at some countries and like the algorithms changing, it's more and more important to post these like personal stories that more people can relate to. I'm curious your thought as a creator in terms of quality and perfect, because I'm someone who believes in creating imperfect content in the name of creating more content, even though I have an extremely high attention to detail in eye for things. I think a lot of times when people say, I would love to do X, Y, and Z, but I've never done it before. And they focus on the polish, not the process of executing something. And for me, it's like, listen, don't worry about everything being perfect where you've got to have these lower thirds and the perfect lighting and all of this stuff. (laughs) The first thing you need to learn is how to be a creator, how to create on a regular basis. So when you wake up, you say, what am I going to create? Or when you're walking around New York or Chicago and you look around and you're like, where am I inspired? How am I going to create? Mm -hmm. How am I going to start putting it out there? Because so often people worry about the results or lack thereof before they even do anything. No, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I think that's some really great advice, like, especially for someone just starting out. And that's something that I've learned over time too. Like for me, I've been, for example, like for YouTube, I've been on YouTube for about a year and a half now, but in the beginning it was all about like, you just have to start. Like you're not like this video is not supposed to be the best thing ever. This first video is supposed to be, just a way for you to get used to how to speak in front of the camera, how to edit a video, how to shoot a certain way, how to tell your story like that. But that's not supposed to be the best one. Like you're meant to be better a year from now. And so I think like learning from YouTube, learning from Instagram, is just like, you just have to get your feet wet and just start doing it. Like you're meant to get better. And so like, it's not supposed to be perfect. The first one. Um, and yeah, but like, I, I agree. Like now with Instagram, like, I think it's a good balance now. Like there's definitely obviously like you want to still put out your usual quality of work, but you want to balance that out with something real and something more candid and have more fun with it. Um, and you're, it should be more relaxed in that way that you can talk about things you care about. So it's not just fashion, but you can talk about sports, not just travel. You can talk about, you know, healthcare. Like you, you can talk about like your routine, but like things that you care about, like that is important to you. And I actually believe that is another clear distinction where brands fail is that they're one note. They only talk about the thing that they do, but we look at both of our brands and you're like, we can talk about a myriad of things. And Mm -hmm. I want to know behind the scenes. I want to know the perfect and imperfect Mm -hmm. and everything in between, because that's what allows people to get in and to feel you because that's what we all want is an element of connection. And it's actually what I loved about NBA all-star weekend is I felt connected to everyone there. Even if we weren't talking there was just this culture and this vibe and everyone got together and I want to see more of it in the brand world because right now everything's becoming a commodity. You can buy anything anywhere from anyone at any time. 
So now, what are you going to do to get me to look forward to hearing back from you again, as opposed to the person who's also doing the exact same thing? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like that, that, that's the beauty of like the basketball world and with sports, like, because you already, we already have something like that in common. Like what is, I really felt that same way too at the NBA All-Star Weekend. It's like, we all know why we're here. Like we all love basketball or we're here because we like this. We share this same appreciation. And so like right away, like the connection is just like instant. Like for me, like I was able to, and that's another reason why the NBA All-Star Weekend was so amazing for me because I got to connect with somebody that works at Bleacher Report. I got to connect with somebody that works at Slam Magazine. And it wasn't like, you know, your typical networking, like, hey, how are you? And it was like, ah, you're trying to get there. But, like, right away, we're just like, I like your outfit. I like those sneakers. Oh, we're talking about Kobe. We're talking about this. Oh, yeah, I love your work here. And it's just, like, instant. Um, that, that energy was just instant. So that was amazing. And I think that's how relationship building in business happens now is the relatability comes in where we're dapping each other up where there's this mutual it's not about what can i get from you it's like dude that is some fly stuff that you're wearing i love it what's up tell me what you're doing like i genuinely want to celebrate other people in their success and oh by the way if there's a way for us to collaborate even the better. Is there someone I can introduce you to? Even the better. And really, you just need to put yourself in those environments to have those conversations, which is how we got to where we are right now. No, it's, it's crazy. And that's why, like, all this stuff with Levitate Style, with the social media world, like, I'm so blessed with all this because it's, like like I said, like, it's not just, to me, like, I'm representing the Asian community, you know, when, when, when you look at my content, but what a lot of people don't even think about and realize is the actual rooms I'm in, the actual doors I go through in real life. When I go to these events, like how, how, however exclusive it might be, like a lot of the times, big or small, I might be the only Asian person in there. And so for me, like just looking around the room, it's like on one hand, it's like, yeah, that kind of sucks. Like I'm the only Asian around here. But that also means that I might be, you know, sometimes that might be like, I might be the only Asian someone else meets. And so I need to, I, I need to put out like a good representation. Like that could change stereotypes or their perception, you know, their, their perspective on the Asian community before. And like now that means I'm in that room and in the future that could open doors to other people as well. When you're in these rooms, how do you approach it? that so often people see people who are successful and they're like, oh, it must just come so easy for them and everything's just a piece of cake. But you just mentioned (laughs) it. You're like, I might be the only Asian guy in the room. So if you're in a a high status room and you go in there and you may or may not know anyone, sort of like take us into your mindset of how do you approach a room like that? Well, like for me, my personality, I always like to read the room and just kind of see like what kind of, what kind of people it is, what kind of vibe it is. Um, for me, like probably the first person I love to connect to first is the one that invited me, of course, you know, either the, the marketing person or the PR person, or if it's like a friend of a friend, obviously I think what people always forget is sure. Social media is amazing and great, but nothing beats like face to face in person. Because when people meet you, they can feel your energy, they can feel your personality, they can hear your story in person. It, it's so different. Like 
that's why whenever I meet someone or I've been on an email with somebody a few times, like I want to get coffee. I, I want to meet because I want to take this networking, this, this relationship to the next level, because that's how we can get to the next level. Because once you get to know me better, you're like, okay, like this is how a brand partnership could work, or this is what he's looking for, or like, this is how his story can relate. And so when, when it comes to these rooms, I always try to network with the main person who is obviously in charge and putting this together. Um, you know, I'm not really one to like, just like rude and go up to one person or it could be like a celebrity. Like I'm not one to just go like, Hey, can I get a photo? Like I want to build meaningful relationships. And, uh, the hard work is the consistency because afterwards you got to follow up. You want to catch up. You want to make that effort to meet in person, to have the one-on-one. Cause sometimes these events too is two hours, right? Like is everyone's running around, everyone's doing something, you know? So like it gets very busy. So you want to make a quick introduction, get their info. So then you can properly get to know each other afterwards. And it's the catch up that usually takes a lot of time because then it could be two weeks later, three weeks later, and then you finally meet. And then when you finally meet, then it could be another month later where you start to talk about ideas. And like, it's a long journey. And it's never just like, okay, I met this person. Good. Like, it's not like that. And sure, you might meet somebody at Bleacher Report or, you know, at the NBA, but you have to work on yourself. You have to keep working on yourself, um, work on your portfolio. Like for me, like the YouTube channel has been great for me to get better in front of the camera to show that I can show different range to talk about style, talk about fashion, like different things in video form because, you know, Bleacher Report or NBA might not care about a single photo. They might want video and they, they like video series or a podcast series. So on the other hand, while you're networking, you also have to work on yourself and constantly build up your portfolio, build up your work so that and like when it comes to opportunity, you know, it's not just by luck, it's your hard work. And when you meet the person, then it makes sense. Amen to that. And Leo, we will get you out on that. Where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, you can find me everywhere. Um, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Now um, you can find me at Levitate Style. And I would love to hear from you about this episode. Did it cause you to think or take action? I'm curious. Do you identify with NBA and basketball culture? Also, what do you do when you go into a room for the first time with some high status people? I would love to hear your thoughts and process. You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. Maybe that was money. As always, Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sports Marketing Huddle, the number one thing you can do to support us is tell your friends about it. We believe in organic growth, and if you get value out of the free podcast we deliver, then we'd appreciate if you share on social media. If you're looking for some creative sports marketing resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at robcressy.com. I drop bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to get your juices flowing. 